Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And today I'm joined not only by the Los Yetis, but also by the two newest members of their band, the two Bens, singing and clapping and whistling along with the dulcet tones. Whoopi's here, so we have some maturity in the room. As the Yetis fade into the background. A. Ben will read for us from James, chapter 3. Nose goes. <clears throat> You're not actually touching your nose, but I'll, I'll yeah. go ahead and go. After the Los Yetis fades into the ether. All right, this is James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member. Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this is one of those passages where James is exploring an extended illustration again. It's really the motif is that small things can cause big things to happen. So, uh, for instance, uh, a rudder of a ship, that's a small thing, but it helps direct a boat. Um, and that's a good thing. A bit, a small thing that you put into the mouth of a horse. A bit. A bit. Can you illustrate that for me? Like it. Well, I can because uh, Bridget is a horse person, and okay. by the time this podcast has gone live, she will have furnished us with with a bit. <laughs> oh may, yeah. Yeah. If we're outdoors at eleven o'clock, she may even have brought an entire horse <laughs> for the illustration. <laughs> really? I sure hope so. Well, it could happen. I. I... I hope for that greatly. Wouldn't that be good? That would get them in. Uh, On the negative side, spark, that's a small thing, and it starts a forest fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So small things cause big things to happen. In America. (laughs) Yeah. It's really meant a gender reveal party. Yeah, be careful about your gender reveal parties. In case it says, this is great, guys, thanks. This will help me with the the sermon that I've already preached. Yeah. And then (laughs) concludes with this uh, cryptic stuff about spring water and stuff like that. So... We've got a lot to cover, but the gist is that small stuff causes big stuff to happen. Mm. Can be good, can be bad. Mm. Yep. Okay. So, um, this was the very first sermon I ever preached. 
Really? Yeah, I was in my early 20s. Taming the tongue? Yeah, the vicar said, why didn't you preach a sermon? I said, okay, and he gave me this. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> was that like a pointed... Uh, was he trying to say something? Or was it just like a... I mean, these are British people. That's basically the British pastoral equivalent of a bar fight. But yeah. it's really rude and quite elaborate. Yeah, it's very, it's very sophisticated. Yeah. Insult. Or if it is an insult, I don't even know. I'm not sophisticated enough to know. The, the key to a British insult is that initially you think it's a compliment and the next day you work out it was very rude. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they conquered the world and then lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Facebook came along and then no one wanted yeah. subtlety anymore. Yeah. So not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. You know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So there's a motif mm-hmm. for you. Let's talk about judgments. <clears throat> judge not, lest ye be judged. And we don't judge people and we're free from judgment because of grace. And here we are being... T- this judgment happens and there's a sliding scale and some people are judged more harshly. How is that? Yeah, I think that... that God has given to the church teachers and mm. apostles and evangelists and, and things. And I think uh, those spiritual gifts are, are given out by the Spirit. Um, and James is particularly calling out the responsibility given to teachers of the Word. And, mm. and I think it's that extra burden of responsibility to teach the Word, the Word of God, which is sacred and holy, and not to be trifled with, not to be changed, not to be... Uh, you know, tinged by someone's opinion or or bias. Um, Mm. I I think where there's greater responsibility, there's just greater accountability to that in God's eyes. That sounds like that quote from the first Spider-Man movie. With great power. With great power becomes great responsibility. Uh, Comes from James originally. Yeah, Yeah. I guess he didn't get it from Spider-Man. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if, like, James is how much... how. Again, this is, like, my speculation to some extent. But, like, how much is he talking about, like, the final judgment? And how much is he talking about just, like, on a very practical level? Okay. I mean, because we've seen these huge... Just in, like, the last decade, the last five years in the United States, we've seen, like, church leaders blow up. Hmm. And the carnage is massive. We've seen these, you know... uh, the scandals in the Roman Catholic Church and just massive, you know, people turning away from the faith, uh, wider evangelicalism. You have Mars Hill in Seattle, like blow ups, lots of people wounded. It seems mm. like when you're in that position of authority, actually, this terrifies me. Like yeah. the amount you're you're in a position where you can really hurt people. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we must preach grace is because we ourselves need it as preachers and he says we all stumble in many ways well my goal is not to just (coughs) blow up and then parade my brokenness all around fox chapel Mm -hmm. but if i were to die tomorrow and someone said what was the gist of alex's thing i hope they would say grace Mm. i hope they wouldn't say well it was pointing out how bad everyone is and and shouting at them yeah um and so i'm sure there's a part of that as well we we want to in, in a way that's not going to lead people astray, share our own struggles subtly, but also show how the Holy Spirit has come to work in us, convict us of our sin, call us to himself, and, and mature us in faith. Yeah. And I think... Oh, go ahead, Ben. No, go finish your thought. 
Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I think back to that first sermon. Now I'm preaching this passage a second time. Um, <clears throat> I'm a lot more mature than when I did it then in mm-hmm. the faith. But also as I've become more mature in the faith, I'm more aware of my sinfulness than I was then. <coughs> I think I thought, I yeah. thought it was more holy then. <clears throat> I thought it was very holy at 21. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I was, I was a very mature Christian in my own eyes. And yeah, it, it is interesting. The more mature you get in faith, the more you belong to Christ and are devoting your life to him, the more you realize how much you need him. Mm. And I think this word for me is, mm. is a word of humbling for, for teachers just to, you know, it, there are a lot of people who go into ministry because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like people are respecting them or looking to them for counsel. They like being in leadership. They're literally mental. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> true. But but like there's there's this word of yeah. you know it's not about you and you're actually taking on more responsibility here, uh, and you're going to be judged more harshly. Uh, so it's it should be a humbling thing to mm. teach the word of God. Um, yeah, it's so much bigger than you. Okay, can I can I nerd out for a second? Yeah. Uh, I, so I've been listening to another podcast called The Bible Project, which is, uh, you're not a fan? No, I love it, actually. I'm just you, angry that you've listened to another podcast. I feel oh, betrayed. I love the, oh, I mean. The Bible Podcast is I'm, excellent. I mainly only listen Bible to this Project. one. But The Bible Project podcast is really good. And they did this We listened to it as well. Lady. It's great. They was talking about uh, the commandment, uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain. And she basically said, it's, it's don't bear the Lord's name in vain. More like, like you are, uh, the commandment is about how as, as a representative of, of God, uh, in this world, you are called to represent God well. Um, you're called to like, don't, uh, don't blaspheme in your example before people. And so that makes us all like, as people who claim the name of Jesus, uh, (laughs) you know, it brings us all into account because in a sense, we're all teachers in some sphere or arena of our life. Right, that's which really is, important. Which is, uh, you know, so it's not like, oh, the clergy, uh, yeah. this mm. one applies to us. You've been talking to uh, Robert Fire. I've been talking yeah, to <laughs> I've been talking too much to Robert Fire. Uh, not too much. You Anti-clerical can't talk to rants from Robert Fire. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love them. I treasure them. Yeah, that's um, great. And I like it. He calls out, in verse two, we all stumble in many ways. Yeah, that's like good. that's just a flat statement. We all stumble. But then right. the next verse, he says, "If anyone does not stumble, uh, which he's ruled out already, that that's not a possibility." Yeah. If anyone doesn't stumble, he's, he's a perfect, perfect man. But we like. all stumble. Uh, yeah. But he's able to bridle his whole body. Then he kind of goes into what maybe what we're aiming for, but we're actually yeah. not really able to accomplish. So small things doing perfection. good. Right. Yeah. So bits in horses' mouths, that little tiny thing, and it turns the entire horse's face, which turns the whole horse's body in a direction. It's the steering wheel of a horse. Very small. Uh-huh. Actually, it's more like the rack and pinion of a horse, isn't it? With I the reins being is. the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You don't know how a rack and pinion works. No. Rack and pinion. No. I know what a steering wheel is. It's a... Can you explain this to us too? Yeah, sure. Uh, a steering rack, the, the, the front axles of a vehicle have on them a, a kind of uh, band with teeth in it. And there's a spur gear, commonly known as a cog, 
which is attached to the to the shaft of the steering wheel, which sits into those teeth. Oh yeah. And as you turn the little uh, as you turn the steering wheel, that turns the little tiny cog, which then shifts that rack, that jagged kind of piece that meshes to it, left and right. Oh rack yeah, and pinion steering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's called um, rack and pinion. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, steering all sorts of things in this podcast. Mostly about cars. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, look. Yeah. Okay. So, small thing does a big thing, and um, likewise ships. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you get this impression with James. That it's like, oh, and another thing. Like I've got. He, yeah. Like I've got these five great illustrations, and they're all coming into the sun in one way or another. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about ships. Okay. Same thing though, right? Big ship. All over the place, strong winds, but this rudder actually is the thing that makes all the difference. Mm. So also, we're in verse 5, so the illustrations first, then the, the sort of application or the explanation. The tongue is a small thing, but it boasts of great things. Little tongue does big things. Mm-hmm. On the bad side, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Tongue is a fire. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, isn't yeah. it? Mm. I mean, I think he's talking negatively about bad fires. I don't think he's talking about like being on fire and warmth yeah. and niceness. I think it That's means... That's a world of unrighteousness. So he's definitely talking in negative terms. Mm. And I think just the potential of our words to, uh, rather than bear God, to bear sin into the world. Mm. And sin that comes from the heart. You know, Jesus said, out of the heart, the wellspring of the heart, mm. the mouth speaks. And yeah. And I think that just our, he's pointing out how the tongue or our words are some of the clearest uh, manifestations of the sin that is in us and that we help bring into the world. Um, and that okay, can cause yeah. so much damage. Uh, it's so countercultural because this idea like that you of like, control, needing to control <clears throat> your own self, it seems like, like in a social media age you have this idea that everyone needs to cultivate their brand and their platform and so Mm. like the idea is that you like get you gotta like maximize your influence be an influencer um influence others but james is like saying oh like no actually pay attention to the very smallest corner of your own Mm. internal life because uh the influence will work its way out one way or another oh and the, the googles uh or are trying to force you to say more on the internet. Yeah. So, so I gave um, a review of Dr. Caleb Campbell, personal hand fixer to the Shuttleworth family. As he's <laughs> operated on three of the four of us. I don't know if he does dogs, but he's done, he's done quite a few of us. And Google wrote to me and said, I don't know how Google even found out I'd been there, but said, will you review him? So I did. And I thought, it's kind of witty. I put a funny picture up of Ben punching a skeleton. Like, it was just really good review. I was pleased with it. And they keep bombarding me and saying, oh, your review is really popular. Lots of people like your review. Lots of people are reading your review. Lots of people are using your review, you know. And I realized, oh, man, they're just trying to con me into using their services. Mm -hmm. Mm. And, of course, that's just exactly how Instagram, Facebook, and all the stuff works as well. They want us to speak, but look at the damage it causes. Yeah. I, I mean, I read you, Ben, Wolpe, and you, you have bar fights on the internet. Like you, just, <laughs> you, put, you put up something kind of normal, and within five minutes, it's a riot. Occasionally, yeah. Yeah. You know, 
Facebook is a blaze. It is. Are you it a is. So, no. Oh. Sometimes I regret getting into those conversations, and I do make my aim of those conversations to be as Christian as possible and to. You failed uh, miserably. And I have failed miserably time and time again, and <laughs> because in the in the influence of great evil, I am and uh, vitriol from other people. I am not immune to those. <laughs> it's a great example, though, of this point in our modern age, the yeah. digital age, how how a little remark just goes, Woof, and suddenly everybody's up in arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. The platform lends itself to that. I think they're encouraging us to do it. I think so. You get a laugh, you get a like, you incite someone and it goes up the list. And so long as people are clicking on it, mm. they don't really care. But, and, and there's, I'm not criticizing you, Ben. Like, I mean, I, I read no, the I stuff. No, I freely you know. admit it. I was like, yeah. is that a British compliment or insult? Or I think it was actually a compliment. Neutral both, statement of both. observation. Yes, it's oh, no, <laughs> yeah, observation. Yeah. It's a case in point. That, that people are fighting on the internet. They feel, yeah. I mean, it's like, the, it's like road rage. In a supermarket, if someone walks in front of you, a grocery store, for those of you in the US, someone walks in front of you, you don't just go Aah! at them. But if you're in the street in your car and someone pulls out in front of you, you just lean on the horn. Mm-hmm. When people feel somehow set apart, they feel that they can be really aggressive and the internet is a great example. You've got mm. this vitriol, little tiny spark and suddenly everyone's inflamed. And James then goes on from saying, okay, human relationships, they can be broken by something as small as the tongue. Now let's look at the implications for our vertical relationship with the Father. What happens Mm -hmm. when our little tongue goes awry in our most important relationship, the one with the Father? Okay, well, we bless, this is verse 9, the Lord and Father, our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Mm. Okay, we're praising God, we're tearing down people. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Why? What's the problem? Yeah, I think he points out that we curse those people who are made in the likeness of God. Mm -hmm. Like if you praise God, but then curse the ones that he loves, you know, you're, you're not being consistent and you're... It's two different kinds of salt, salt and fresh water from the same well and um, different fruit out of the same tree. Like, you can't praise God and then defame uh, those made in his image. Right. Uh, and mm. because it is, that's an offense to God. You might think you're being holy towards God, but you're, and people don't matter as much, but you're actually not being holy towards God when you're uh, right. profaning his people. That's such a down-to-earth view of piety. What do you mean? Like, you can't, what did you say? You can't praise God and defame people made in his image? Something like that. So, like, that, so, like, your, like, just the smallest conversations are all spiritual and all religious. Everything, then, I Mm -hmm. guess. Like, you can't, you don't, like, walk into the sanctuary and what you can say and can't say is different than what you say or don't say outside of the sanctuary. It's mm-hmm. like, it's all yes tied together. I, and I think James goes there next in, in verse 10. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. So we don't have a church mouth and a home mouth yeah. or a work mouth and a praying mouth. Mm. We've just got this one mouth. And this is a call 
to be holistic, a bit like you were saying, to be consistent or, or non-hypocritical mm. in, in the way that we live. Because you just have this one mouth and, and trying to get filth out of your mouth and praises of God, he says, is like getting a spring uh, to give both fresh and salt water from the same mm -hmm. spring, which you can't do. Mm. It, it, in that first sermon I preached, I, uh, to illustrate this, I got uh, a member of the youth group and I got two bottles of water, one was fresh water, and one I put some salt into it uh, for him to drink to see if they, which one he liked the most, the salt or the fresh. But I, I just, all afternoon as I was worried about this evening sermon, I just, I just thought, what if it's not salty enough? Like then, then like the gag won't work, it won't be funny. And so all afternoon, I just kept adding salt to this thing, like so much salt to the point of, of as much as you can suspend in water. And then when I brought this guy up to the front, you know, I said, drink these two things, he gagged and nearly vomited in front of the whole church. Ooh, that worked. <laughs> well, it was felt that the sermon was a bit strong. <laughs> by some of the older members. <laughs> That's very British. It, it means that they were convicted by... Um, maybe. I, I don't... I think it lost some of its effect due, due to a distraction about the seemliness of the scene. Mm. Uh, making young men spit at the front of church violently was considered to be unseemly. Oh, really? So I won't be doing that this weekend. But we all I... stumble in many ways. Yes. <laughs> Not sure many of us should be preachers. <laughs> but it's a great point, and it does, make, it does make the point well. There's something revolting about this salty water. Mm. You've been in the sea, you've swallowed some water. It's disgusting. It's horrible. And something great about fresh water when you're really thirsty. And you can't do this. You can't be this great prayer and praiser of God and then just go home and, and you know, tear people down. Yeah. And I, I like how he says, this should not be so. Mm. Like, and and the, the spring can't produce two different types of water. The tree can't produce two types of fruit. Cannot do it. Like, there's something against our nature mm -hmm. that we're tearing at when we have this hypocrisy of praising God and then cursing others. Like, it should not be so. We're, we're actually fighting against who God has made us to be as holistic, consistent people. Mm. And it's, it, you know, even that is kind of offense to, offense to him as well. Because we're not living in the way that he has designed us to. And we're, we're fighting against his creation, his purpose for us to be consistent people. I've seen that actually before. I've always found like when someone is... I've heard people like speak incredible grace or even preach incredible grace uh, in a public space and then behind closed doors like when you hear someone t saying something it's no one here by the way uh, yeah <laughs> the other Alex. church uh, yeah uh, <laughs> but like you know when you hear them like say like speak about people in a way that seems so ungracious you're like wait do you were you like, were you lying to me at that other time? Yeah. Like, I thought you were the grace guy. I thought this was grace. Uh, like, what is, what's going on here? So it's, yeah, that convicts me. Like, there's this consistency that's needed. Because people are always reading you, I guess, and God mm. even more. But you offer grace to people who have actually annoyed you. Mm -hmm. And you offer grace to people that have upset you or hurt you. 
that's that's the nature of things. And C.S. Lewis, you know, talks about this in his classic statements on forgiveness. That really, you know, forgiveness isn't letting people off or turning a blind eye or um, condoning what they've done or colluding with them in some way or pardoning or excusing. It's none of those things. It's actually to look at sin and all of its horror and filth and yet to be reconciled to the person that's done it. Mm-hmm. And it, the nature of grace is that we do recognize that we've been hurt, but we, we take it to the cross. Mm-hmm. And recognize that other people are hurt and are broken and are mm-hmm. stumbling. Like when someone says something that, like maybe to deliberately offend me or someone else, mm-hmm. like I can, I can get offended um, or... I can recognize this person is broken and something is making them lash out. Mm. And, you know, I'm not always mature and wise enough to, to say that, to realize that in the moment. But I think that's a choice that's before us as well, to see that in other people and how we respond. Mm. Awesome. That's a really great application. It's a Wolpian crescendo. <laughs> I almost picture the Los Yetis, Colombian band, like the Spanish Inquisition in, in Monty Python, like setting mm. off from somewhere four miles away when they sense that, that Wolpe's finishing yeah. and, and they're on their way. Appearing through the door. They make their way in. Just at the very moment that you do your, your crescendo. Well, what would we do without you, honestly? I You heard the podcast, I, don't I think, know how to answer two that times ago when it was just me and Alex. What a dismal day that was. He did a good it was job. beautiful. He was good. They're trying to play us out. A little chaos, though. No! Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We look forward to seeing you again soon. God bless. Hey! Internets.